Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of The One, the only fan club dedicated exclusively to effects pedals. That's right. This is the effects pedal fan club podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Vince. And we missed last week because of technical difficulties. Uh, We had a hiccup in our recording, but we're coming to you this weekend uh, with renewed vigor, excitement, and actually a little more information about what we are going to be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of like, I mean, we recorded a full episode last week and it, we weren't able to put it out, but like a lot of, uh, kind of what we talked about was a little bit was a speculation because it was about a new piece of gear that you got that when we recorded the podcast, it had not come in yet. And now it has come in. That's right. The, although this is the effects pedal fan club, we are having, we're celebrating a new guitar day. In this episode, we'll talk about that guitar, its capabilities, because it's very interesting how it relates to effects. We're going to talk about a couple new pedals that are on our radar. Vince has one. I have one. And we're also going to talk about some lessons learned from like when three worlds collided in the middle of America at a guitar shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. So let's get started, Vince. What is on our radar right now? What are you excited about? What have you seen out there? I mean, what's on my radar is uh, I did get to pre-order the new Wonder Wonderwall, Wonder Effects Wonderwall, which is his first dual pedal. Right. Yeah. So it's a yeah, it's a Wonder Drive on one side, which is I mean one of I don't know his first pedal, but also like one of his more popular pedals for sure. It's a super sick. But anyways, Wonder Drive on one side. And then his version of the muff on the other, um, which I muff is definitely my favorite fuzz. So like this was kind of a no brainer for me. And it's got a, from what I can tell, a toggle that goes, that changes the order. So you can run muff into the wonder drive or the other way around, which kind of uh, intrigues me quite a bit. Cause I love using a kind of a, an oversaturated muff sound. And so I'm interested to see kind of what it sounds like with the the drive going first. But uh, really pumped on this pedal. He released it not long ago. And um, the ones that he had built that went for sale right away went super quick. And so he did pre-orders. And I got in on one of the pre-orders. So um, parts-wise, he said it was going to be four to eight weeks from when I ordered it, which was a couple weeks ago. So kind of just looking forward to that and trying it out. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that one too. It's not on his site, so if you're, you know, if fan club members are actually going to uh, the uh, the website, you're not going to find them there. There is a couple photos of it uh, in use actually on uh, the Instagram page. But what's interesting about it, I'm looking at the controls now. So if we are, it looks like maybe it's a more simplified control of the Wonder Drive, or is the I don't remember if the Wonder Drive had four controls on it or just three yeah the wonder drive initially was just a volume drive and then it had a clipping toggle i believe okay and that so was that's it. still in there right yeah and then what about the muff it looks like there's also a clipping unless that's the order one for stacking it and or changing the direction of stack the i think the toggle for changing the direction uh is on the bottom kind of like closer like almost in the middle of the pedal oh there it is those so there are actually three t- toggles on there so i wonder what the muff side toggle is for yeah, I'm really interested. He I, he released a couple demos, um, but there's still no manual out yet. When 
he releases one, he'll obviously put it up and he does QR codes for the manuals, which is super dope. So like he doesn't have to print out a paper and put it into each one. It'll just come with a QR code and you can check it out online. Yeah, I'm excited for this pedal. I'm actually really super excited for you to get it because yeah. we were texting back and forth on that when he was dropping it. And I was like, Vince, you got to add this to your collection because oh, yeah. I am after a new guitar day. I'm pretty much the but the effects pedal budget has been tapped yeah. out. Yeah, they share a budget, the guitar and pedal budget, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. It, it all comes from the same spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, wish I, had, I wish I had budgets for both. That'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> I was thinking about that recently because I was... Uh, I basically had like been saving my pedal budget. I haven't been spending anything the last couple months. And so like getting this, the wonder wall was kind of a no brainer cause it was like saved up, but I was looking at it and I was like, Oh, I'm like getting close to the range of like looking at a baritone guitar or something like that. Um, oh, so you, you, you potentially have both budgets right now, which is exciting. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I had a potential for yep. a new guitar budget, but then I was like, Oh, I'm going to get the, pre-order the Wonderwall for sure. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's funny too, because you mentioned that uh, I think a lot of people ask if it's Oasis related and he, he clarified that, right? Yeah, he clarified. He's like, does it Oasis? No, it doesn't. <laughs> does it Oasis? It should be a, a pretty heavy pedal, which is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm stoked on that. Um, speaking of uh, budgets, like, have you been golfing lately? Uh, not a ton. I went this out- is like golf season budget. Yeah, it's getting pretty close. Uh, the my issue right now is um, I do have to work on and off on the weekends. Like recently, with like the new job promotion and like I guess you can call it for my work patching season, where um, we do a lot of you know patches, upgrades, and stuff. And uh, because we work with a lot of our customers' production servers, those have to be done off hours on the weekend when people aren't working. And so a lot of on and off weekend work as well as like the last couple ones where I'm like, Oh, I've got Saturday off. I'm going to see where the group is golfing at. Cause they golf all over Colorado. I mean, we're talking all the way from Fort Collins, which is like uh, 30 minutes outside of Wyoming down past Colorado Springs on the South side. But uh, the last couple weekends I was available, they were golfing up in, Loveland and Longmont, which is a two hour drive for me. And then a five to six hour golf round along with squaring up and probably having lunch afterwards. And then a two hour drive back home turns into like an 11 to 12 hour day real fast. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> also, you have uh, Moncton, Wildwood and um, guitars, etc. I believe all <laughs> on the way to that course. Yeah. Um, so you could turn that day, you could double that day real quick. Yeah. Both in time and budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, speaking of golf, have you ever played Sand Valley or heard of Sand Valley Golf Course in Wisconsin? No. I'm I'm the DP on a commercial there in July, and we have access to like one of their new courses that's never been played before for to shoot our commercial. Oh, sick. Yeah. And it, I was just curious if you've ever played it because the, the photos I've seen for our scouts look unreal. It's a beautiful course. No, one of my uh, buddies was talking about, we do a golf trip every year. A lot of times we'll end up going, like when it starts to get cold here, October, November, we'll go to, you know, Arizona or Nevada for, you know, a 
three, four day golf trip where we go play some courses out in those areas. And, uh, he had mentioned last year about going up to the Midwest where there was like an area that had really cool golf courses. And I don't remember if it was Wisconsin that he was talking about, or if there was like another area, but, um, I was privy to the idea. Like I kind of liked it, but then, I mean, it's a group of like 12 guys that goes every week or every year and it got X'd out pretty quick by a vote. They're like, nah, we'll, we'd rather go back to, uh, Wolf Creek and Mesquite or something like that. Oh yeah. Well, I think there might be gambling there. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know how sand Valley is. Cause it, yeah, is, definitely. It looks pretty rad. Um, I'm always, well, let's, uh, I guess we'll just jump back into pedals now, um, that we've yeah. gotten golf, golf talk taken care of, <laughs> but we um, digress, <laughs> but we digress. Um, I guess we can, we can get a little bit into how like this meeting of the minds, this like, uh, collision of the worlds happened it might be related to golf, but maybe not. But the, the fuzz that or the pedal that I'm pretty stoked about right now is mythos. Just, um, Zach over there at mythos just, uh, released a new fuzz. And I, I mean, I obviously, I can't say that maybe it's not obvious, but I get pretty stoked about fuzzes. So it's pretty easy for me to get excited about a new fuzz, but this one I'm extra excited about because there's only a single knob on it and it doesn't control what you think it controls. It's called the Hephaestus, I believe, is Hef- the Greek. Hephaestus. Hephaestus Hef- is okay. Or Hephaestus. Hephaestus. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it falls in line with the Golden Fleece, the Argonaut, and now the Hephaestus, Hephaestus, uh, whatever it's called. Single control. I mean, outside of the Argonaut, the Argonaut has no control. It just has the octave. Uh, it's just an octave effect. But this this knob, unlike the Golden Fleece, which actually controls the gain or um, I believe the gain on it, this doesn't control tone, it doesn't control gain, and it doesn't control volume. It actually controls the amount of current going to the circuit. So it's a voltage control. And it, I believe, provides maybe like an octave type effect. I don't know if it's up or down. Uh So it's a small pedal, single control, a lot of flexibility in the tone because you're starving the circuit or... Uh, boosting the circuit with voltage. So that is the pedal that I saw recently that I'm super, super excited about. And it's also not at a premium price. You know, you're hundred bucks or so, and you've got this uh, cool new fuzz. So I can't wait to get that, get that and try that one out. Yeah. I feel like when pedals drop that are, um, you know, around that hundred dollar mark, it's always like kind of mind blowing. And, uh, you, you almost feel like you have to get it because it's like, well, I mean, you're getting a super sick pedal. You're supporting Zach over at Mythos, and you're getting a super dope pedal. Uh, exactly. Like, there's I mean, a, it's a win-win-win. Like there's no real downside. Yes, exactly. I'm actually reading the the. Um, it's actually called the warning knob, is what it is. <laughs> it doesn't control volume. It doesn't control gain. It controls voltage feeding the circuit. Um. So when it's maxed out, it sounds like a classic fuzz. But as you turn the warning knob down, it begins to adjust the overall voltage entering the circuit. Once the knob hits one o'clock, something magical happens. A sub octave begins to be introduced. So it's an octave down. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, sub octave synthy effects is the way they're describing it. So yeah. I am, I am into this. Oh, there is an internal volume trigger. So, so you can kind of, um, you know, if you need to cut or boost your volume when the pedal's engaged. So it's kind of a set it and forget it, 
But yeah. man, this pedal looks cool. So super rad. Super, super rad. So those are the two pedals that Vince and I have seen out there recently that we're stoked about. Vince actually has one on pre-order, and I should, I mean, I keep talking like, oh, I'm just going to add this, you know, pedal to my cart and grab it right now. But that leads us to our second talking point, which is New Guitar Day. Yeah. Yep. And this this guitar is one that I've been looking for for a long time, um, partly because it's uh, from a legend that I absolutely adore, also because it adds some features that are very, what I consider, space rock effect friendly. And the guitar that I'm talking about is a Gibson Lucille, and I just dated it today with the serial numbers, and it is a 2004, September of 2004 is when it was made. Um, So it's going on close to 20 years now, becoming a vintage instrument. But what I've always wanted from this guitar is it provides two outputs. They say it's a stereo image, but really what it is is a single output for your treble uh, or your bridge pickup and an uh, output for your neck pickup. So it's uh, if you're not familiar with these vents, they look like, you know, or, or anybody in the fan club, they look like a, kind of an old semi, uh, or excuse me, old uh, semi-hollow Gibson guitar, 335, 334, I think that's one, 355, I think is what the Lucille's modeled after, but B.B. King, who is the signature guitar, who it is the signature guitar of, chose not to have the F-holes in it, so it's just kind of solid body, there's no F-holes, although it is still semi-hollow, has the stereo output, um, tone control and volume control for each pickup, and then a veritone switch, which is basically a notch filter um, that kind of gets you some out of phasey, some really thin tones. It kind of controls the cue of where that notch is. And um, what we want to talk about, Vince, is how would you use, basically you can run dual mono now at the yeah. split, but the split's at the guitar. So I think you had some ideas about it I did some research on how BB King used it, why the Veritone switch was there and things like that. But let's just kind of dig into this right now and, um, you know, just go through some ideas of how we might be able to use this in one of our rigs. I mean, uh, I believe my initial idea or my thought uh, right off the bat when I heard about that was um, you basically each output has their own signal path. I would obviously have the bridge pickup be your gain stages and then your neck pickup be kind of your more clean tone. Um, just cause I really like, you know, clean tone to be more warm. And, uh, but my thought was like to leave your pickup selector in the middle position pretty much at all times. And so it's always pushing both, but then each, uh, pedal chain is, has some sort of mute switch at the beginning of it. So everything's controlled via the pedal board and not, necessarily by switching your uh pickup selector and so that was my idea because then you can have like a blended tone of like using both of them have them both on and be super sick or you go to like your crunch tone your rhythm and you just kind of and you could mute the the bridge pickup or the you'd mute the neck pickup and then vice versa yeah, exactly. Um, it do, it opens up a lot of possibilities that I that I thought I was pretty familiar with, but it it, it in my brain now my the complexity of my rig has just gone it's skyrocketed. Yeah, um, 
like, cause if you're, you know, running dual mono, my, I, I was pretty much on the same idea where I would have a signal path that's optimized for the bridge pickup. And I would have a signal path that's optimized for the neck pickup. And it's very similar to what you described where you'd have, you know, the neck pickup or excuse me, the bridge pickup would be driving your, your, um, your gain stages, your overdrive, your distortions, your fuzzes. And then I'm in the same boat as you as I love my clean kind of fat and warm. And that would be the bridge pickup. And yeah. you could, I don't know if I would, in my world, I was going to do selections, uh, on the floor. I was just going to be able to flip between the two. Um, and so up on the neck or up on the, the, uh, uh guitar is going to get me my clean down is going to get me my overdrive. And that was going to keep things simple. But then I was kind of running into, you know, the way I run my rig is kind of dual mono where everything is, the split happens after the gain stages and half of the signal goes to the uh, wet effects and half goes to a dry amp. Yeah. So I would, if I wanted to continue to do that idea, I would have to then sum my, uh, my parallel paths and then split them again and then send them to my uh, time-based kind of modulation wet effects and then the dry. So I'd come from the guitar, two signal change that are optimized for each pickup, sum them again, split them, and then send the summed signal to um, the the respective kind of wet, dry amps and effects. Mm. And I don't know if that's absolutely the right way to do it. And so then I landed on this idea. It's like, what did B.B. King do? And this is internet mythology so it's uh -huh. probably 1000 percent wrong but he would run them both together so he had a stereo image coming out of his guitar okay all the time like he wasn't choosing he wasn't doing any pickup selection and hmm. so it seems like i would be easy to verify this but i haven't had the guitar very long yeah but i think that would be kind of interesting and if that was the case i would live in this world where I would be just a little bit, um, I did try playing it this way where I have just the delay and reverb on one, uh, um, pickup, which was my bridge or my neck pickup. And then the, um, guitar or the neck pick or the bridge pickup was always clean. And I was just going into two amps and that allowed me to use the volume to control my wet mix. Right. So I could, you know, right. that was what I thought was super interesting way to do it. It gets a little tricky, when you're uh, talking about gain stages, because which pickups gets the gain stage and so forth. But I was, I don't know, it's been a treat to play with. I've had it for one week now. Um, you've probably seen it on the gram. You've seen it, um, pictures of it over on Effects Pedal Fan Club on the Instagram. But it's just a, it's it's going to be a fun experiment to figure out how to use this this guitar in a in an effects, in a world that, you know, that, that works with my rig. Yeah. Well, and I was also thinking like, with the idea of having the stereo output from the guitar, how different does it sound if you're running both channels into one amp as opposed to two? Cause like with a, with a stereo sound, you can kind of blend the sounds and put them into one amp. And does it still sound good? Does it start to, kind of fall out of phase and you can't and neither one is clear or the, is it sound really cool um well so i can answer that question i did run both guitar so the, i didn't have a setup for two amps okay and we'll get into like when i first heard it live in tulsa 
I heard it through two amps. But right. in this case, I ran it into a um, my uh, Fender Vibralux. So mm-hmm. it, there's two inputs on there. And so mm. I ran one is my, I just oh. turned up the, um, this, like kind of the reverb on one channel, which ended up being, like I said, the bridge or the neck pickup. Yeah. And then, and then just into the non reverb channel with the, uh, bridge pickup. And that was just fun to get different tones by controlling tone and volume and getting that stereo image from the guitar, two different EQs into the same amp for each pickup. And then just experimenting with that single tone. And it was a, it was like, I, I lost myself in that for like three hours a couple sure. days ago. Yeah. Yeah, when uh, when we recorded our last episode, the one that we couldn't release, it was funny. We were we had just wrapped up, um, and we were getting ready to say bye to each other afterwards. And Justin's doorbell rang, and it showed up like right at that time. And then we were uh, we ended up talking on the phone because we both walked away from uh, the PC. But <laughs> I had to remind Justin. I was like, "Hey, you got to make sure you go uh, finish like." close out the recording session because I mean, he, he just got a new guitar. His, he was, uh, so stoked. And I was like, Hey, before you get lost, cause I know you're going to, I was like, we got to close this up. Cause I could see it in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for this guitar for a bit and it's, um, you know, te- check, checked all the boxes, uh, the Lucille, the whole stereo thing. Um, it's a semi hollow. I always wanted that form factor, so yeah. it's the same scale length as my Les Pauls, which are my number ones. BB um, King is a legend, and it's the red one, which I was really, really excited about. So, yeah. Um, yeah so and pretty, you, and pretty this pumped about that. And this wasn't a guitar that you had looked up and been like, hey, I'm going to go buy this right now. It was a thing that just kind of happened, right? This was an it was, impulse buy. It was something buy. that it was a bit of an impulse buy, um, but it... it but it was also the most thought out guitar purchase I've ever made. And the yeah. reason was, is the story behind purchasing it. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a, you know, I've called it a meeting of the minds. It was a collision of worlds, but in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the same time, the stars were aligned. I was there with Josh Scott and Rhett Shaw and his wife, Tilly on a project and we all decided to go out for an effects pedal field trip to Tulsa House of Guitars. Yep. And that's where things got interesting. They had, you know, an incredible guitar shop. Drew uh, runs it, nicest guy, most humble guy. If you ever have a chance to go to Tulsa, please visit Tulsa House of Guitars. They're online. Uh, they shipped me the Lucille. It was safe. It was cared for. It was... Um, very well taken care of and made it here. No problem. So have no, no qualms about buying anything uh, from Tulsa house of guitars ever. If you're not able to make it to Tulsa, but we were there and uh, you know, I asked, I don't even know why I asked Vince, do you have any Lucille's? (laughs) And sure enough, they had a Lucille and it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, you, when you and I buy a guitar, we play it. And if it speaks to us, that's, that's our guitar, but you never know what like the rest of the world thinks of that guitar. I don't know if that's actually important, but this was an older instrument. And also I had the luxury of Rhett Schull being there at the the time. And I was like, Oh, if I could get a Rhett Schull approval on this, this is going to seal the deal. You know, he is, um, not only like a super good human being, but he's like, obviously 
way better guitarist than I have. He's played so many more guitars than I have. And if I can get his, you know, sign off on it, then I'm in. And so he, I asked Rhett, I was like, Hey, Rhett, could you play this? And he did. And what was cool about it, this is one of the lessons learned I, I've had from, um, meeting with these guys in Tulsa was, you know, Rhett played it the way it was intended. He's like, give me two chords, give me two amps. Let's see this thing in stereo. And so that was a little lesson learned, you know, don't try to conform the guitar to what you want it to do. Mm -hmm. Play it as it was intended and see if that resonates with you. And I think that was something I took away just watching him play. And God, it sounded good. Um, It sounded so good. He plugged into two old Princetons and they were like 10 feet apart and had the stereo image going on. And, you know, he's just a hell hell of a player, just a legendary um, guitarist. And it was awesome. Uh, He's like, this is a good one. And I was like, that's all I needed to hear. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience. Uh, I've always wanted one and then to have Rhett kind of give it the, the seal of approval. Uh, it was pretty stoked. It was a pretty special guitar. And you know, it's also one of those stories that you're just going to have with you the rest of your life. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just another way to connect with the instrument in just a very special way. So I'm super excited about the guitar. Yeah. Uh, and I remember when we were at, um, when we went to Nam, we, contemplated going up to Norman's Rare Guitars. And I remember you were specifically asking, I was like, uh, I kind of want to look up and see if they have Lucille's. Because uh, you've it, it's it's obviously been on your radar for a very long time. So like, right when I say impulse buy, I just meant that you did not go there specifically to buy this guitar. There's like There wasn't a plan. Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right, Vince. And it was... But you know me, I text you photos all the time of right. stuff like, oh, hey, I, this looks pretty cool, but Gosh. I never, ever really buy anything. No. Um, but the reason this was so thoughtful is because um, not only did it speak to me, but it got the seal of approval of someone that I just, you know, think is think the world of when it comes to right. guitars. And I was like, oh, this is this checks more boxes than I'll ever be able to check right. when it comes to a guitar. Uh, the, funny, the funny thing about it was is, you know, he posted that on Instagram and he's buddies with... Um, uh, Eric Zapata from Gary Clark Jr. And Zapata was like, yo, how much is that Lucille? And Rhett was like, well, buddy, it's sold. So, yeah. um, you know, um, Eric, if for some reason things go south and I need to set, set, sell it, you've got first right of refusal on that. But um, yeah, Vince, it was just a cool, cool, cool experience. Super cool guitar shop. Can't speak enough to about Drew or Rhett or Tilly, just good people all around to hang out with in, in, in the guitar shop. Yeah, and if you're uh, curious about the shop, itself or this whole experience Rhett uh has it up on his youtube channel his video he did, he did this, post the whole thing yeah the whole trip is up there because uh after i heard this story i was like oh i need to go watch this and so you wouldn't watch Rhett's video where he um a lot of it is i mean josh scott being the professor of guitar pedals talking about uh history of all these different things in the shop and it's really cool. Um, but yeah, you get to see a lot of the shop and you get uh, Justin's guitar is in there. Uh, Rhett playing it is in there. Uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Actually speaking of the professor of pedals, uh, shop, this is the, like the, maybe the last takeaway for this episode of what this experience was like, you know, when you go to a, a place with, you know, Josh, who is probably the most, one of the most, knowledgeable people in the world of effects. Yeah. 
having him just kind of bring to life everything uh, is a is pretty special because he has kind of insight into to all of the the pedals and the one thing I wanted to to say was, is there was a lot of pedals there, but the one pedal that he kind of pointed out to me that I'm, I'm a little bummed. I didn't uh, pick up, but maybe somebody out there in the, the, uh, the fan club will be able to get is he pointed out this Pearl OC seven. So if you get on reverb, actually, I think it still might be at Tulsa house of guitars. It's an analog octave pedal. And you know how much I love octave pedals. Yeah. Um, and he, he was talking about, um, but it's also an octave down, analog octave down. And so the only one that he and I could really think of that performed that same function, at least in an analog world, was the Fox Rock Octron. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, if you have a chance to go pedal shopping with Josh, I, sh- I really wish I remember what he left there with. He left there with like a like a weird Digitech pedal, yeah. a couple like pedals without boxes, which surprised me. He did not, yeah. he didn't didn't sweat it. But he did specifically mention that there was this Pearl OC7 Octaver, which was a really cool pedal. Um, and then he actually pointed out a Muff unit, a EHX, I think Muff unit, that was the ones that goes between the guitar and your chord that's actually on your guitar. And he's like, oh, you should get this. Neat. And I, yeah. Um, but I think that's probably reserved for um, totally normal behavior and, you know, um, uh, danger over there uh, for for his EHX collection, but it was you know <laughs> right. cool experience, right? Um, but that's what the that's what the professor of pedals said. Looking at all those pedals, he did point out that Octaver. So it's the Pearl OC7. So if you can go find one, um, it is Josh Scott approved. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fair. He, he does. Uh, he approves a lot of pedals. He does approve a lot of pedals. Yeah. I think he's like he's kind of like the like the fan club. Uh, yeah, there's really not a bad pedal. There's no out bad there, pedals. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many companies I learned about from JHS's YouTube channel where he talks more about other companies than he does about his own pedals. Uh, I mean, that's how I learned about uh, BBE pedals. He did a yeah, video on like he goes, "Yo, BBE these things pedals. are sick." <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And the um, price is right. Oh, Pretty yeah. Much sub 50 bucks. Oh, yep. 100%. Yeah, so that was the that was the experience of uh, you know, New Guitar Day, the history behind Lucille and and getting to hang out with those guys uh, for a second. It was funny when we first walked we all met there. I heard like fuzz organ coming from the back and it was Josh playing an old custom organ with the fuzz module turned on. It was just <laughs> like so weird to be like, "Yo, what's up?" <laughs> fuzz is sick um but yeah i guess the organ came out of church uh out of an ch- old church and it's funny to think in there it was a fuzz 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 module on that um, yeah. church organ um but yeah that's it if, you know go make sure to check out you know rhett and tilly shull they're uh, great human beings but also really uh talented photographers it was always it was funny because they were they're photographing the same thing i was working on um so uh, that was cool. And then uh, Josh and his daughter were there photographing stuff and uh, check out their photographs. Uh, but, you know, Josh made this little uh, Venn diagram that, you know, there's there's guitars, there's bikes, and there's um, photography. And they all kind of intersect. And if you do one professionally, you do the others as hobbies. And right. uh, it, was super, it was definitely super true at that moment because I had no idea um, Rhett was a, a photographer. I knew his wife was. And, 
you know, to be able to talk cameras with them and, and, and guitars. And, and then, you know, Josh and I have worked on stuff together in the past. Uh, it was just a fun experience. Definitely a fun, fun time there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For sure. So uh, I guess we could do some housekeeping real quick. Uh, yeah. Vince, do you have any other news that's happening out there that you, I, that you see? Anything that's you're kind of um, kind of floating around in the ether? I mean, not a whole lot of news. Uh, I mean, I'm my friend, obviously excited for the Wonder pedal, but um, I've been looking into the those Walrus Audio Fundamental series recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we we did get to check those out when we were at Nam, but like now I'm looking at them again. Um, I love the idea of them having the sliders instead of knobs. Just kind of a cool design, uh, cool way to design those, like for. Uh, basic straightforward pedals but um outside of that there's not a whole lot of news yeah oh we actually have some internal news for the fan club you can um now get 10 percent off pedal pad pedal boards using the uh discount code fan club yes yep so we talked about that a couple episodes ago yeah and so they just had emailed me so uh vince and i both have uh pedal pad uh, pedal boards. Yep. Um, and they are awesome. They are really well made. They're made in the U S out in, you know, outside, actually, excuse me, out on the East coast, Philadelphia or somewhere in Pennsylvania. Yep. And, um, just really, really, really good people, top craftsmanship. And so, yeah, you can use the, uh, discount code fan club to get yourself 10% off one of those boards. So, uh, for everybody out there, we are going to wrap it up. Uh, we are at effects pedal, fan club on Instagram. That community has been growing. I really, um, kind of keep an eye on it. Vince jumps in there. Um, we're just keeping, you know, tabs on everything and we're stoked that everybody's, uh, following along Vince. What's the hotline? You can call us at the hotline. hotline. Uh, one six Oh nine, 800 fans. You can call, leave us a message, uh, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we'll play it on the podcast. And, Oh, I don't know if you saw that on Instagram today, but uh, looks like our our friend over at Metaverse is wanting to get on the on the show next this week. I did not see that. That's really exciting, actually. Metaverse is a um, super like I discovered that company a while ago and was really pumped because I love his whole brand um, and uh, the way that he goes into making pedals. It, it's so neat. Yeah, he's future forward. Like he, yeah. is, he, he, oh, he, he operates on a different level for sure. Super so, unique. Uh, really yep. excited about that. Yep. So he's, he's ready to jump on. Oh, buddy blue says, hi. I sent him a picture of the Lucille and oh, he's I like, love it. Oh, this is sick. He was pumped about it. And Great. so, um, yeah, he's, Oh, if you are a buddy blues fan, he's currently looking for a Greer light speed in the black and red colorway. So Ooh. if you can, if you have one for sale, buddy's looking, and uh, that's it, Vince. What do we, you know, what do we, what are we closing out with? I think we're going to try to go get a pedal here soon, right? I think so. Uh, it's time for an effects pedal field trip, and let's go get ourselves some new pedals. Mm-hmm.